CJAM 99.1 FM, your only true sound alternative in Windsor, Detroit. CJAM broadcast from the University of Windsor locally at 99.1 FM and to the world at www.cjam.ca. I'm Brady. And I'm Carly. And we have a special announcement. We'll be hosting a weekly music variety and movie soundtracks program, The Soundtrack Attack. Every Wednesday from 10.30 until noon. I'll be there sometimes. And I'll be there all the time. So why not tune in every Wednesday from 10.30 till noon, only on the Jam and Sea Jam. 99.1 FM. What do you think? You do whatever you want with that. You are currently tuned into a recorded version of CJAM's Monday Night Live sessions held at John Muir Public Library. This episode will feature unreleased music by Madeline Dornier and poetry done by Alexi Ungernashu. Alexi is a non-binary Romanian-Canadian artist and writer. They are the city of Windsor's current Youth Poet Laureate. Madeline also performs as a soloist for the Windsor Symphony Orchestra, as well as releasing her debut album, Muddy Water. Comes that spell again The one you put sunscreen on my face And I start shaking like a child Wrapped in a towel again The one with water dripping down my leg Hey, how long can you stay in play? How long can you play? How long can you play? How long can you play? play? And in comes that song again The one that you sing softly by the side of my bed And I can hear it in my head Play with my hair The one with diamond stars in sunny days Hey, how long can you sing and stay? How long can you 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 Stay, how long can you stay? How long can you stay? How long can you stay? And in comes that dream again. The one where I can never 
thank you to CJAM for having us tonight and for organizing this, and to the Winter Public Library for hosting us as well. It's my pleasure to be here. My name is Alexion Guranasho. I'm a Romanian-Canadian poet and artist, as well as the City of Windsor's Youth Poet Laureate for the next few weeks. And uh, this will probably be one of my final shows in Windsor for the foreseeable future. I'll do one more in September, um, but I don't think I have any others planned between now and then, so this will be an interesting night for me as well. I'll just try to set this up a bit better. There we go. All right. So my poems um, are inspired by my experiences, both in Windsor, but also in Romania. Um, from my childhood in Romania, I lived there until I was about 12, and then I moved to Canada with my parents. Um, and I also visited there in the summers when I could, so I have fresher memories from Romania as well. So this first poem is one of the newer Romanian poems, and it's about a weekend spent at the Black Sea with some friends. It's called Old Customs. One foot in front of the other drop. A door in the middle of nowhere Stairs leading down to, ah, cold, 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 sand and nudes, the coast and the tent, all we needed. We went in twos, one and one foot in front of the water, in the sand, in water, cold and hot and windy and good. My heart gave me away when your head pressed against and counted its beats on a train to the place where we danced, one foot in front of the other, swing on the beach, surrounded by partygoers, married couples shaking it off, until we left back to our hotel room, where the music never stopped, and you walked out naked, one foot in front of the shower, and me, a shy smile, the water running, ah, hot, 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 down the drain. Unbothered, we slept until our friends woke us and we packed our bags. One foot in front of the door, we knew what we left behind besides the messy sheets. A hug turned into a play we would write, now left unwritten, a drawing in the sand, cold by the Black Sea. So that was old customs, and that's actually a uh, rough translation of the name of the place where we stayed that weekend. It used to be the old border uh, crossing between Romania and Bulgaria. And now it's this party place where young people go in the summers, but also where older people also go. And it's this, it has this hippie history and vibe to it. Um, and that was the one time I went, but my friends usually go there every summer multiple times. Um, and I hope I will go there again one day. Um, there's always interesting stuff and interesting people you meet there. The next poem is much closer to home here, and it's called Walkerville by the Water. Proud bird stretching at the top of the crane, I wish I knew your name. 
Sun blind, smoke rises behind you. Look what you've done. A shirtless man on a bike takes the shortest detour to pat the statue's back at the firefighter memorial. Traces of riverside sulfur mix with the distillery smell of rye. That's how you can tell Walkerville by the water. Seagulls practice flying against the wind when a jet ski bursts through their colony, forcing them to flight. All the half-hidden coves where lovers picnic and children play with sticks store whispers under the stones, ready to release them for the occasional lonely diner. In the time it takes waves to travel from ships to the shore or for two dozen street lamps to reflect cages in the water, you notice the perfect absence of abundance at nighttime. And that was Walkerville by the water. I lived in Walkerville for about a year and a half um, recently. I lived in Sandwich four years before that. Um, so I had some time to get used to the area and explore and enjoy it. The next one is called Botanical Gardens. And I don't remember exactly why I named it that, um, but my father is buried in the Botanical Gardens in my hometown. So it might have been because of that. Every season I want to run away. Every year I remember I have nowhere to run. Months pass, flowers come and go, but not a flower grows on the path I walk. My mind is in June, my body still here. Uncertain as it is, my destination apathy. November is just a phase, a mood, a craze. Even off the beaten path, grass dies just as easily. And that was Botanical Gardens. Not the most hopeful poem I've ever written, but um, one that I relate to every now and then. <laughs> and I'm actually hoping to uh, move away soon to teach abroad um, in South Korea or Japan or somewhere in Europe. Um, but even before, um, I've always had this impulse to run away and go somewhere else where things might be better. Um, so when I was in high school, when I was 17, I tried running away to Italy with my ex-fiance. We got caught uh, by the Carabinieri, who are Italy's military police. Um, Somehow I didn't get deported from Italy, but um, it was one of those times when running away <laughs> didn't really work. But then a year later, I moved from Toronto to Windsor, again, trying to escape from somewhere or something. Um, and every few years, I guess the impulse comes back. This poem uh, is called Callisto. Marching. The ignorant boot stomps life away from the earth, while the conscious foot steps tenderly, fine blades between her toes, splashing dew, sweat droplets, breath of renewal in her soles. 
If sleep ponders a reflection in the dirt, then lucidity is quicksand. Predators know it well. You are what you try to conceal. A series of efforts erasing the evidence that you ate your heart out. Inevitably, every morning poses an awakening. Every passing leaves its mark. The bear and the hunter walk in unison, tracing each other's histories. One with grace, one with power. One in stillness, one indiscreetly. The same force in the powder and the paw. The earth welcomes dust and bone, pressure and whisper. Shots and shrieks, yet never buries either for the sake of forgetting. And every graveless child cues another misstep. And that was Callisto, based a bit on the Greek myth of Callisto, um, who gets turned into a bear, and then her son, who is human, um, hunts her and kills her. And then they get turned into the constellation Ursa Major and Ursa Minor. A lot of my poems are inspired by the classes I take. This was actually not a Greek myth, I think it was a Latin myth. Um, but it was because I, I learned it in uh, this Latin course I took in university where we were translating Ovid's stories from Latin to English. And that's one of the ones that really got my attention. The next poem is about parks uh, in Windsor, in my hometown in Romania, um, in LA, in Toronto, um, and it's called Mahogany. You said I smell like mahogany teak wood candles, smooth luster pressed against your marble. Shower chair philosophy followed by metaphysical therapy in the park. One day, my name on a bench too. In lieu of copo afternoons, now Willistead will do. Summer walks in Griffith, but gets married in Guildwood. Victoria and the lions knew no telescope could measure, nor immortalize the day in all its splendid textures. So an ice cream sandwich melts absent-minded. Marble drips on wood, smells like Eminescu. Eminescu is Romania's most well-known and loved um, poet from the 19th century. And he spent most of his life in my hometown, Yash. And uh, there's this park called Copol that has this um, linden tree under which he famously wrote some of his most well-known poems. Um, and in that park, there's this obelisk with four lion statues around it. So when I was Moving to Walkerville a couple of years ago and I was exploring the neighborhood, I went to Willistead Park where there's this tiny little statue in honor of Queen Victoria. And it also has like four lions arranged around it, like smaller ones, just the heads. And that really struck me because I was like, everywhere I do end up moving and running away to, 
there are these symbols that like keep popping up in certain situations like parks. So I, I'm very curious wherever I move to next, what parks I will go to and what kind of things I'll encounter there. So who knows, maybe there will be a part two to that poem. Ask me my plans, what they are for. You the clothes in my bed, shoes at my door, not in your head. Something I said, and that old winter cold keeps falling apart. There's so much to find, but can't find where to start. You chase all your dreams like a reflection of stars, but they are Your back in my 
one is called Ennui. I think I have this one in one more. Therapy breaks your image in a mirror and asks, are you listening? Is a gentle remedy enough to halt the ticking of two unsynchronized clocks and bring blind hands forever forward reaching to a calm harbor unbothered? When will cubes lose their magic and silence gain a laurel reef while you hide a grimace between strings gnashing the sea at its repose and your distinct watch counting down your wrist. We rise and we crash, at once frozen, forever this commotion. So that was Ennui, another hopeful poem. I swear I have more uplifting ones. Although it's true that um, I do tend to write more or feel inspired to write more when I don't feel as happy or hopeful. It's a coping mechanism. I know many writers I've met claim that they write every single day, that they fill notebooks with writing, and I, I've never been able to do that. Um, I can't really write on command. I can do poetry on demand, but I can't write something that comes from like deep within every day. Um, so. What I write comes in the, in the moment. I start with a couple of lines. I usually jot them down on my phone, and then eventually let them um, spring out into uh, full poems. But this one is called Hollow, and it's uh, based on a day spent at the Ojibwe Prairie Complex a few months ago, and it actually uh, made it into a book of photography uh, by Marty Gervais, who had some of Marty's poems, uh, Marianne Mulhern's poems, and a couple of mine, including this one. So it's called Hollow. The first snow of the season, the wet kind that rests on baby hairs, like ghosts in the corner of your eye. Pan and coyote meet in the park, they pass by deer and ghosts of deer, birds and fallen trees. Roots trace the path from soil to light, now unearthed. A natural ladder forms at the base like a deformed spinning top. Pan lights up and Coyote investigates a history of mud, leaves, sticks, the architecture of early frost. Every now and then, a hollow reveals its mysteries. Portals open to underworlds built from the skeletons of leaves. So that is hollow. And again, it's a tribute to the Ojibwe Prairie Complex, which we are so lucky to have and to protect. And it's our responsibility to continue protecting it. And now, Let's hear some more wonderful music from Madeline. Thank you.
Hey, this is Chris Murdoch from Souvenir, and you're listening to C-Jam 99.1 FM, Windsor, Detroit. In a classroom, in residence, or online, sexual violence is prevalent across campuses, yet many survivors remain silent. If you have experienced sexual violence, it's important to know that it was not your fault and you are not alone. The University of Windsor has partnered with Reese to make online reporting available for students and staff who are a part of the campus community. You can create an anonymous report or access information and resources 24-7. Reese gives you the option to document and report harassment, misconduct, or assault in whatever way you choose. Visit reescommunity.com to learn more. Reese, respect, educate, and empower survivors at reescommunity.com. You are currently tuned into an episode of CJAM's Monday Night Live Sessions held at John Muir Public Library over the course of the summer. Today's episode features musician 
Madeline Dornier, who writes alternative indie and folk songs to explore themes of sustainability, nature, connectedness, and perseverance, as well as Alexi Ungaranashu, who is a non-binary Romanian-Canadian artist and writer. They are Windsor's current Youth Poet Laureate. Thank you. Thank you to CJM. Thanks again, Madeline. That was fantastic. And uh, once more, thanks to CJAM for having us. I was actually at the open mic at the CAW just on Monday. Um, it was wonderful to see CJAM creating that space for students to share music and poetry. And it's one of the things I'll miss about Windsor in general, the um, arts and writing scene, you know, the Arts Council and Artsite and the library and Bookfest and CJAM. Um, I'll really miss all those things when I'm away. And I'll try to hopefully find some scenes like that where, wherever I'll go to teach English. Um, but it's really, it was a surprise for me who came here um, mostly for school that Windsor became my home and I'm now kind of running away from home, at least for a bit. Um, but yeah, so the next few poems are a bit longer. For some reason, I ever have really short poems or really long ones. Uh, I can't seem to find the middle ground. Um, and this one, like many of the others I've read in the first half, is about um, nature and the environment and what we're doing to the environment and what we are losing when uh, we do certain things to the environment. So this one is called Fuchsia. Heralds of September, another anniversary around the corner. Birds that survive us pluck at dust on the ground, faced with the first stage, denial. No crumbs to explain this error in existence. The lack of reason for sudden disappearance. A crowd spills from an elevator. Ghosts in suits. Cigarettes float on rooftops offering relief from the second stage. Anger. If ectoplasm could turn red, burn with futile resistance against a dying earth. One poison imitates other poisons. Fruit flies on the ceiling shake hands riddled with anxiety. They check tiny watches and itineraries to confirm a shared history. Prepared for the third stage, bargaining. When all bets are off, labor goes unpaid. No rendezvous survives without relocation amid confusion. Ants come out once in a while, dodging beaks to send smoke signals to other anthills. From holy mountains to busy skyscrapers, the sacred becomes profane once more, envelops itself in the fourth stage, depression, the nothing I can do and I'm too small. When ants carry dozens of times their own weight, we fall short and succumb to the pressure. 
On a tree not too far away from here, fuchsia flowers resign to the tempest. Bells arranged to play funeral songs decide to play one more hymn instead. A wedding dance for the last stage, acceptance, the initiation into the unknown, a marriage short-lived but lived nonetheless in structures, habits, plans, deals, economies of deterioration. The fruits of our labor will not go unnoticed by the fires and the winds. And that was fuchsia. I had a phase last year in the summer and fall when for some reason all the poems I wrote about were about bugs and flowers. Um, and I don't know that much about bugs or flowers. I wear flowery shirts and pants and in robes, but um, I'm not an expert. And I tried to find a summer job in Toronto a few months ago, and I was really looking for garden centers for some reason. It just seemed like something I would enjoy doing compared to other retail and customer service jobs. And I had one Zoom interview, and I just happened to wear one of my Hawaiian shirts with some sunflowers and daisies on it. And uh, the interviewer asked if it was on purpose, if I was trying to impress him as a joke. And I said no, but I could. <laughs> you know, I, if, if I could wear them at work, I would for sure, but um, long story short, they did not um, call me back. So um, I'll wear my floor, floral shirts somewhere else. This next one is called Still Lines. It's probably the longest one. Um, and until a couple of weeks ago, when I read it in Toronto, um, I wasn't sure exactly where it came from or what it's about specifically. It's uh, more philosophical, but I realized it's mostly about the imagination and the limits we impose um, ourselves um, on our imaginations, but also how the imagination can be a path to liberation in all senses of the word liberation. And it's inspired by a poem by my favorite, or one of my favorite poets, E. E. Cummings. He wrote a poem that just says, nothing can surpass the mystery of stillness. And here is a response to that called Still Lines. You want to know the mysteries behind still lines. There are no secrets, but there is magic. It's all a matter of space. Think about the letter Z. Two parallel lines connected by one diagonal line reveal how it can only occur in that one line between two lines at equal distance. Two points wave at each other from across the ocean of pure difference, that cosmos of adversity. Abstractions spring like zits on your skin spelling out ancient names before fading into scars. In that great process of alchemy, opinion is irrelevant. Still lines collide, destined to inexhaustible uniformity. They breathe with difficulty, 
smothered until they learn to accept their interdependency. Their relationship that ties them to each other exists outside themselves. Sameness turns into finality. Limits are imposed. Difference allows manipulation. The play of consciousness expanding and contracting. Meditations enforce a sort of silence, a metaphysical illusion caused by the frequencies of still lines. Tune in and discover the lies we tell ourselves about the current state of affairs. Still lines rant about utter nonsense. They strum out of tune, a slurred cacophony like running in a dream, slipping without falling. We too occur between the spaces of still lines. Difference is cold. Only when we vibrate we generate enough heat to break through. Only when we cross each other, in such moments we fill these lines until they disappear. Absence becomes presence. Binaries are dissolved. We find how dimensions flow both within and outside ourselves. Do you recognize patterns in clouds, how they drift away and shift into various fantasies before returning to their boundless states? Such is living between still lines, like atoms when they split. Your DNA gets tangled, your muscles get torn. When you breathe out in the winter, hot air escapes your tired lungs. You stretch yourself on a mattress and hallucinate more fantasies. So when you see negative space, don't take it as either empty or full. These limits conceal themselves in still lines. Your tool is interpretation. How many letters compose all the thoughts in your head? How do you arrange them? What rules could dictate your electric mind? Watch the mixed signals tessellate. Here, everything happens. Specimens communicate through symbols. Sounds emerge. Utterances we can never take back. And that is Still Lines. slowly and I think I can hear your voice it's blowing my hair in places I hear words you say like a jacket that I can't get open oh this zipper holds me close and broken ah, ah,
try to stop you, can try to stop you. Can try to stop you, can try to stop you. I see me talking in your eyes, can't make out my words. Not in your head, pretending you hear words I say. Open up the front door, waiting. Can't try to hold the sound that's fading. Go, go. Can try to stop you, can try to stop you. Can try to stop you, can try to stop you. The next poem um, is inspired by a trip I took by myself down the west coast in 2018. Um, I went, I took a train, I went all the way from Toronto to Vancouver, I stayed a bit on Vancouver Island, then I went down to Seattle and the area around Seattle for a month, then I took another train uh, down all the way to LA. And I stayed there for a week before doing this weird triangle and avoiding all of the southeast of the US to get to uh, New York City and uh, Montreal afterwards. And during that trip, like I said, I was by myself, um, but I had the opportunity to meet some really wonderful and interesting people. Um, some of them I still stay in touch with. So this one is called Details. A book in Chicago, sunflowers on the table, the same book on a beach in Santa Monica, the first goodbye. Sunburn on my back at a bar in Denver, Grant says it will peel by the grace of God, my first time trying biscuits and gravy. Crossing borders disguised as a writer. A genealogy test from my cousin tells me who I'm supposed to be. Not that it matters. Postcard from Seattle. Guiding the blind clerk's hand toward the card, he asks and I tell him it's a picture of fireworks. Fourth of July show with strangers. Three weeks later, my mom holds my hand in La Ronde. 
We watch the sky explode in a fury of marvel and colors. Linden in my arms and the Canadian, the secret of lights playing at nighttime, next to the train, the mountains surround us alone in the restaurant car. Handwritten notes on the train to LA, Brooke says she's a snake in the Chinese zodiac. Forests turn to deserts, turn to ocean, turn to me. Walking too close by the shore at the end of low tide, a wave brushes my leg. Now I carry the Pacific across state lines. Between the beach and the forest, a tent. The ground shakes with every crashing wave, rocking me to sleep. Bug bites on my arms itch next to a new tattoo the results of catching a travel bug in Ferndale. A book in Chicago, sunflower seeds under my skin, shedding memories like pages from forgotten novels. And that was details. Um, I remember I started planning that whole trip um, just after one weekend going to Ferndale, Michigan to see a music show, um, I think somewhere around there, like past eight mile or nine mile, there's a little college town where they have some venues that um, bands tend to go to um, instead of Detroit. So yeah, I just had a really great time by myself and I was like, you know what, I want to do a whole summer uh, doing that, and I did. And I'm still in debt from it, but hey, it was worth it. I'll make it up one day. <laughs> um, all right, next one is called Moth. And it's again one of those poems I wrote when I was obsessed with bugs, or maybe they were obsessed with me. So this one is called Moth. I hear you kamikaze slam against the wall the bottles on the shelf, watch you creep along the crease between the wall and the ceiling. My company for the night, when thoughts wage war on sleep in my hypervigilance, your fluttering is a record scratch to my dreams. Do we catch sleep or does sleep catch us? I don't need to count a hundred sheep when I've got one of you running laps around my head, futile attempts at hypnotism. The floor knows my pacing, the rhythm. You keep scaling the circumference, a stranger to this room, a drunk guest who can't find the exit. Who am I to guide you? I found myself here the same way you did, wandering until I saw a light, and went to it like a son to a day, a parent to a blame. If the window would open again, we could both escape. But when God opens a window, we grow silly wings, fly circles around it. So um, I guess I'm thankful to that one moth who wouldn't leave me alone. Um, because they inspired this poem. 
The next one is a bit heavy. It's called Sacred Bonds, and that's the current manuscript title for a collection I have uh, with a publisher in Toronto. Um, hopefully that will get turned into a book at some point in the next year or two. Um, but it's about, again, my heritage in uh, Romania. So this is Sacred Bonds. One time on a road trip, my grandpa stopped the car so we could inspect a strange fence in the middle of nowhere. It was a cemetery. A plaque told the tragedy of Sarmashu, where 126 Jewish villagers were massacred and thrown into communal graves they had to dig themselves. My other grandpa was a holy man in socialist Romania. I keep a picture of him in my wallet because people say he looked like Rasputin with his beard and bold stare. Before that, he was an engineer at one of the plants in Brasov, where he built planes while the country was occupied by the Axis powers. He probably didn't know about Sarmashu or the other dozens of massacres. My father always praised his skills, both as priest and engineer. When he preached, he was a sorcerer healing people with his words, while his hands retained the memory of steel parts passing between them. My father never told me where his father is buried. I imagine he's in a normal cemetery, surrounded by other priests, each atoning for their own sins. So that was Sacred Bonds, and maybe I lied when I said that I have hopeful poems. To keep going with the heavy tone, uh, this one is a poem I wrote at the end of last year when I found out um, someone I knew in Romania, um, actually the person who the first poem I read tonight was about, um, recently started manifesting strong symptoms of schizophrenia. And, uh, you know, she's my age, around 22, 23. Um, so it was shocking to see her like that. Um, but again, like I said, sometimes I wrote poems just to cope with the difficulty um, and sadness that life throws our way. So this one is called uh, Let You Be You. You flirt with madness the way I did with you when we were summer maid. Eyelashes fluttering across benches, wanderings, picnics by the lake, hand-holding and quick withdrawals. It was no fantasy. Aimless as we were, our steps guesstimated destinations until busy hands and busier eyes could speak story by story on the hardwood floor of my ancestral home. Your saints and deities lived in stories first before moving into your thoughts. Now you speak in tongues and assign sacred functions 
holy interpretations, supposed cycles and reincarnations. Let you be you, no strings attached. The you who is lost in nights unslept, who invited a chorus of other yous, hoffs seeking hoffs in the dark, so you would only become a part of you. Will you turn around when I call your name? The name you traded for creation myths? Fiction upon fiction, your architecture sings mazes of prophecy in a voice who is no longer the you I knew. So that was Let You Be You. And uh, one thing I like about my hometown is that although it's smaller in size, it has around the same population that Windsor does. And another thing that I will miss after I leave is being able to just go outside, you know, go get a coffee, go on a walk, anything. And almost always I run into at least one person I know. Um, it was really funny. I got this printed today at that print shop on Wyandotte close to the university. And you know, I've been printing things there now and then for the past years, especially when I was in university and for some reason I wasn't printing them at the library. Um, but I never, you know, really spoke with the people there. They knew me by face, but like not really by name. And they have like hundreds of or thousands of people coming in each week printing stuff. Um, but I went there today and I didn't put my name on this. Um, and I sent it from like an older email that doesn't really have my name. Um, but I opened the door and I walked in and the lady working with her was like, oh, Alexei. And I was like, what? That, that's when I finally realized, oh, I'm leaving home. Like I'm really leaving a place where, you know, I can just walk in somewhere and people will recognize me and say hi and talk to me. Um, so, and it takes years to build, build that. Um, I don't really expect it to happen anywhere else I go. Community radio station now reaching higher ground in Windsor and Detroit. I don't move in with theories. Canadian Blood Services invites you to save a life today. Every 60 seconds, someone in Canada needs blood. Donating is simple and your blood will go to help Canadians undergoing heart surgery, leukemia treatment, or those involved in an accident. Go online and book your appointment today at www.blood.ca or give us a call toll-free at 1-888-2-DONATE. That's 1-888-236-6283. 
thank you. Um, yeah, this one, um, I just filmed a music video for this one in Ford City. It was a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's kind of about um, just appreciating someone or something or like a piece of art or someone you love or something like that and then not needing to say anything to kind of confirm that or reaffirm that. It's just kind of knowing that connection is there and yeah. Look at me sharply just another time I don't need anything but this Look at me softly and I'll look at you too Look at me softly, look at you Speak low, speak slowly for another hour Quietly carry in the room The world goes so quiet when you Speak up from silent like my ears were made for only Sing up, sing softly, and I'll sing with you too. That's all I'll ever need from you. I swear that I know you from another place. One where we've gone and met before. Eyes look so softly, so far home in my memory. Yet I wish I could see them longer soon. Sing up, sing softly, and I'll sing with you too. Softly was ever need from you. Never be sorry Sing up, sing softly I'll sing it quiet like you do Never be sorry Sing up, sing softly Cause softly was made for me and you This next poem is called Lights and Sandwich. And last week, we were so fortunate to hear TJ Travis share some of his stories about growing up and sandwich. Like I said, I only moved here about five years ago. Um, but coming from Toronto and from Romania, 
I've been able to appreciate Windsor for a lot of the things that I've noticed people who were born and raised here maybe are not aware of or don't see it the same way. And Sandwich has had its own histories and ups and downs and it, it still has some, um, there's been a lot of improvements I've seen in the past five years since I moved here, including this wonderful library we're in. Um, and although I moved away for a couple of years to Walkerville, um, Sandwich is where I've had most of my memories in Windsor, from going to school, from going to the local bars, um, going to the convenience stores even. Um, yeah, so this one is about the lights and Sandwich. I mapped Sandwich between two lights. To the east, the Ambassador Bridge, its imposing red sign and smaller white lights flow from it. To the west, an orange pulsing cloud of smoke rises from Zug Island. We live beneath these lights, and every night the lights observe us, while a third, smaller light, a white neon sign on a windmill, says all we are is all we were. When I walk home in the evening, or when I meet my friends at a bar on Sandwich Street, my eyes meet the orange cloud or the bridge's sign. But they are not guiding lights. Under the bridge, the barren side of Indian Road feels darker than the inside of the bar. Lights go on and off in Sandwich. People move in and out, but these three lights remain. The windmill sign reminds me of who I was. Sandwich is part of all I am, and its light will always be a glimmer in my eyes. So that was Lights in Sandwich. I have just one final poem um, that is probably one of the most recent ones. I have just graduated from the University of Windsor with a degree in English and philosophy. And now it's time to answer the question I've received for the past five years so many times. What am I gonna do with that? It was actually such a great coincidence, but at convocation, I was sitting almost next to Madeline um, in the front row, and it was great to be near a friend um, and to then see all the other friends um, in the hall outside of the convocation arena. Um, but, I, but ever since then, ever since uh, that evening, and ever since I've been out of school, it's, I've been in this strange space of like, okay, what now? You know, what am I doing with you know, this degree and all the things I was able to put on my CV? So this poem is called Mayflowers. Destined to live sparingly in a vase, under medals on a wall, by the unframed diplomas, I pick them up and ponder their worth. Every petal a small choice. The decision to stay here against all reason. 
five years of storms amount to five minutes on a stage in a hockey arena. Congratulations from fellow graduates, parents smiling at me as I search for my mom in the crowd. The July sun summons absurdity and scorches the last peonies. The horizon, blue with possibility, smirks at what's left. And I, the supposed sunflower, stagger to my feet to greet it. I haven't decided what flowers I'll bring to my dad's grave. If I should bring the medals instead and reassure him it was worth it. The distance between clouds and all the raindrops awaiting their turn. And that was Mayflowers as well as the end of my set. Thank you so much for coming out and spending some time with us and listening to our songs and poems. Like I said, I apologize, there were not more hopeful poems here, um, but there's always space and time for them. So uh, thank you once again to CJAM and to the Windsor Public Library for having us.
started writing a poem when I was maybe 16 or 17 years old. At that time, I was still I was still studying at uh, at Forster Forster High School. I transferred over to, uh, to CCH for some uh, for some OAC credits, but uh, but I remember like like sitting in the classroom and I had a teacher who was called uh, Mr. Green at the time, and I was and I was I started penning this uh, this poem. It's called uh, Thirteen Going on Infinity, and then it kind of sat somewhere for a long for a long time, and in 2011 I had the, the opportunity to. To be part of a community that founded an organization called the, the Windsor Youth Center, and inside the Windsor Youth Center, the uh, our, the first building that we were in, right above the kitchen, there was a sign that says "You've been underestimated," and it like hit a trigger in me right away because I was immediately I was sitting in my bedroom in my dad's house, and I sat and I and I uh, I slept in this room where the window looked down on an alley. The other side of an alley, there was a there was a park. A basketball court, and there's a and there's those giant uh, garbage bins. And a few times a week, like those garbage bins would go up and go up and up. So you, would, you would see them from, from your window. You always wonder kind of what's going on. And then the next day, of course, there there would be police in the neighborhood, social workers in the neighborhood, that sort of thing. And you would sit on your porch and you would watch like one by one. Your friends would kind of be carried away, and you don't, you kind of understand why because you've seen the garbage bin that was on that was on fire. But like putting it all of it together is like kind of, it was it's, it's kind of, it was it was a bit it was a bit complex for for like my space of thinking at the time. But one of the things that I also attached onto was the way that these folks would come to the neighborhood and kind of look at us as we sat on our porches, and we could see. That we were being underestimated, we could see it in their eyes that they had a certain idea about us, and not having the opportunity to really go inside the uh, the, the gears the way that we're thinking, they never understand the complexities of a child's mind who was trying to create a survival escape route out of that circumstance every single day, every single day, and uh, the piece that came out of that is. Uh, 13 going on the I left the poem between the pages of an old book. Tucked between the lines of a Marvin Gaye hook, I was inspired to take a fresh look at what I thought was a crumbling hood. What's going on? I tapered my eyes to convalesce my perception, recollecting late nights on my childhood stoop. Dime bag of trees with blunt paper shoots, whiskey and water with earth, wind, and fire ringing in my ear, reflecting on the reasons, the reasons that we're here. I carried no worries about tomorrow, no time to bank, no time to borrow, no time to wrap in a rubber band bundle. We chipped away stone to expose the Ten Commandments of struggle. Sculpted the streets with the precision of Michelangelo, rattling the bird cages with Maya Angelou's flow. We move so slow, we root like trees, purple hazed in our words, we turn the whole hood green. And this is not a dream, this is reality. Astro-indigenous kids from the hood misunderstood and underestimated. Box braids and shades celestially activated. Wrapped guys 
wrapped wise in the guise of a holy trinity. We were 13 going on infinity. Intoxicated on moonlight, stardust, and the illusion of gravity. A prodigy of the 33rd degree, hiding secret stories in my poems using masonry. Counts every third letter and every third word and learns supreme mathematics of the galaxy and how it relates in the place of the omega roots of everything. Godspeed in the twinkle of a vacuum, the wordplay will grab you, twist you into self-suspicion, and then save you. Isis upon a cross. Absurd. Reciting revolutionary ballads never heard. They slurred the truest bars before they withdrew. Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do is what I recollect from my childhood stoop. My face young with heaven, bright with constellations. Life slowly burning with a vinyl groove of Bob Marley's tongue, gallantly singing redemption song to the black grief of Canada's Africville. Marcus Garvey's swan song. My future waving as a flag from a vanishing ghost ship, swallowed by the thirsty lips of the Atlantic. Humanity is manic, but two-way static. We're divine, but we're not. We're enlightened when we panic. The truth about us is we're not quite organic. We're much like the tools and the thoughts of a mechanic, preparing the world for an emergency landing. Sleeping, not overstanding, parading our teeth like a pack of wolves. Prying on gentle souls no older than the sun. Solar waves upon the face of a gatling gun. And we're busting atomic bodies on the belly of the universe, pulling the strings of Artemis Pars, the goddess of hot nature and birth. And I'm burning the pages from the library in my head, resurrecting Christ from a white loaf of bread, feeding the infection with the conspiracy blend of Egyptian sand, holding time in the lines inside of my hand, hustling truth in the street. Like it's hot contraband. We were 13, going on infinity. See, I hold the entirety of your variety inside of me. I twist poetic verse to reverse the language of mediocrity. I script unrehearsed the scrolls of Socrates, folding infinity times infinity into an isosceles. I give my genius away for free. It helps me to sleep upon the spikes of my poverty. Mattress. Because I can see through the abuse with my poverty glasses. Peace back together, Pangea, with the scraps of the Atlas at last, I've abandoned my mind. Like a YouTube guru, self-parrying a Buddha shrine, the expanded notion of the absurd, intellectually endowed, socially unlearned, a cobblestone nerd, peeking through the drapes of manifest destiny. We were 13, going on infinity. song we'll be playing for you today is the most recently released single by Josie Alicia, who is a Canadian singer-songwriter based here in Windsor, Ontario. If you caught her at the John Muir Library, you would have heard a bunch of her other music, but a few days ago she recently released Material Condition. Josie Alicia is classically trained as both a pianist and vocalist. 
and is heavily influenced by the emo pop punk scene of the early 2000s. Angst is one of the major themes you'll hear in Josie's music, with evocative lyrics paired with descending power chords which pull you in. You will be sure to hear that in her latest single which we'll be playing for you, and if you enjoy this make sure you check her out and stream other music from her that will be released soon. You can check her out on Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp, and the like. Thanks so much for tuning in today, and I hope you have a great evening, afternoon, or good night, wherever it is where you're listening.
Taste it on the tongue I can see it, I can feel it 